0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning everybody it's Friday November 4th 5:40 a.m. central time as i speak here December corn futures up 5 and a quarter at 684 and a half January soybeans up 13 and a quarter at 1450 and a quarter December Chicago wheat up 10 and a quarter at 8.50 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat up 13 at 9.54 and a quarter. December spring wheat up 12 and three quarters at 9.55 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Ratings and reviews are very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Leave me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My subscriber-only videos are part of this. Yesterday, I was joined by my favorite crop insurance celebrity, uh, Steve Johnson. We talked about uh, harvest prices in regard to crop insurance, and in particular, the fact that uh, the harvest price for corn was higher than the spring insurance guarantee price, which has been the case for like three consecutive years now. Talked about some of the implications, some of the ways to uh, handle this situation. If you guys are interested in this content, new video, every single Business day sign up today 50 bucks a month cancel at any time no other fee no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else I promise some rain on the radar here this morning. Looks like some fairly heavy rain over parts of, uh, say, western Iowa, southeast Nebraska, central Kansas. I'm not sure what the totals were or have been or might be. If you guys have any uh, reports on that, drop it in the comments here on the YouTube video. But in any case, these rains are going to push their way east. And over the next uh, couple of days here, you're going to see some decent accumulation over parts of Iowa, Missouri, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, into a little bit of Illinois, and then some southern areas of the Mississippi River Valley. So this should result, again, in some further increases to river levels, which have come up. Uh, River levels at Memphis posted a record low back in mid to late October, and we've seen river levels rebound. By almost three feet since then, this system here should result in an additional rise in river levels, which should help some of our problems there to some extent. Does it totally fix the problem? No, but it's, it's helpful. And I would probably argue that this river situation has maybe hindered export sales. Um, I, I think it does have some implications, certainly. It's absolutely had basis implications. Uh, these rains could stall harvest activity in some areas, which I don't think is a big deal. We're way ahead of schedule in most areas of the country and everybody's dry, so you could use rains for a lot of reasons, and some areas we'll see them uh, here this coming weekend. The U.S. is in discussions with Mexico regarding the country's looming GMO corn import ban. U.S. Trade Rep uh, Catherine Tai discussed U.S. corn exports and energy issues in a virtual meeting with Mexico's economic minister yesterday. The U.S. Trade Rep's office said that Tai underlined the importance of making expeditious progress in addressing the issues in Mexico's energy sector and also that she emphasized the importance of avoiding a disruption in U.S. corn exports. So Mexico, of course, as I discussed earlier this week, Plans to phase out imports of GMO corn by 2024, but currently they import nearly 700 million bushels of U.S. corn annually. So Mexico believes maybe they can fill that gap. Uh, I've heard that this is more of a political thing to some extent. I'm not sure what the uh, motivation would be. But in any case, this still seems kind of far-fetched to me that China or not China, Mexico is going to be able to go without uh, U.S. corn. Speaking of U.S. corn export sales, uh, they were absolutely terrible again last week weekly net sales three hundred and seventy-two thousand. that's the worst seasonal print since 2012 for u.s corn export sales total u.s corn export commitments uh, for the current marketing year are the third worst of the last 10 years so no corn export demand is not good uh, brazil has corn available cheaper than what we have to offer here soybean sales were not great at eight hundred and thirty thousand. you could be doing better total soybean commitments for the current marketing year are the fifth best of the last 10 years so you're about average there wheat sales were okay at 348. You've seen a slight uptick in wheat export sales the last couple of weeks, but total U.S. wheat commitments for the current marketing year are the worst in more than two decades. So wheat export sales still overall uh, very poor. Black sea grain headlines have kind of slowed down here late this week. So First off, uh, Russia has urged or continues to urge the United Nations to help ease its food and fertilizer exports. They want some assistance there. Uh, Another thing reported yesterday, Russia has not decided whether or not to extend the black sea grain deal which expires november 19th now russia did say this week that they would not disrupt shipments if moscow does in fact decide to exit the deal again and then early this morning putin told turkish leadership apparently that grain should be sent to poorer countries for free so um i've talked a little bit about how u.s wheat is overpriced on the export market i suppose if wheat is free in um Uh, out of the Black Sea to poor African countries. Maybe we we are overpriced, as a matter of fact. Uh, USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASDI report on Wednesday, November 9th. That's next week. We've seen some updated U.S. production estimates ahead of the report, and we'll see more uh, probably today and early next week. Well-followed private group StoneX pegged the U.S. corn yield at 174.5, up from their previous estimate of 173.9. USDA is at 171.9. Uh, StoneX, according to their numbers, the the general indication is that good crops, uh, good corn crops in central and eastern areas of the Corn Belt, maybe help to offset somewhat losses in the West, thus the higher than USDA uh, corn number. StoneX reduced its soybean yield number down to 50.9 from 51.3 previously. Also, a well-followed group IHS Market was out with updated crop estimates, and they increased uh, production estimates for both corn and soybeans. I'll talk a little bit more about this report early next week. U.S. drought continues to build. USDA had its uh, drought data out yesterday. So you've got drought that continues to push from west to east. It's been in place over the western part of the country, the plains, for a long time. And it's more of a newer development in central and now eastern areas of the Corn Belt, um, southeast part of the country, those sort of places. I'm going to go back and do the May 31st comparison. On May 31st, only 19% of U.S. corn areas were experiencing a drought. That number was 71% yesterday. Soybeans, uh, 10% of soybean areas experiencing a drought on May 31st. That number was 71% yesterday. Winter wheat, 49% was the number on May 31st. Now 74% of U.S. winter wheat areas experiencing a drought. So this drought is very much in place. These rains this week will help in some areas, but uh, we're probably going to need more than that. China's stock market has rallied sharply this week. You've got some unverified chatter or talk that China will exit its COVID zero policy, along with some positive economic headlines. So you've seen a sharp Chinese equity rally. Uh, The Hang Seng has rallied nearly 9% this week. But it has fallen to its lowest level since 2009, just uh, last week or early this week. Some argue this was maybe like a short-term uh, bear market rally. Others believe that's a major low. Uh, this is a big deal. I mean, Chinese economy in general is a big deal. Some traders and analysts believe that a generally soft Chinese economy will result in reduced grain and oil seed demand. If that was the low and the economy improves and this, this chatter regarding the COVID zero stuff is true, uh, maybe that's a positive. So maybe some uh, light at the end of the tunnel there. The uh, cattle market was mixed in live cattle and lower in feeder cattle yesterday. Some cash cattle established on better volumes yesterday, 150 in the south, 152 to 153 in the north. U.S. dollars lower this morning. Stock market's up. The S&P's up 30. The Dow Jones up 200 ahead of the cash open. Bonds off a little bit. Gold's up 22 bucks. Crude oil up sharply. The December contract, uh, December WTI up $2.92 at ninety one oh nine last trade. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you Monday morning.